Factory Reset by Drasna. Rating is explicit. No archive warnings apply. Category is female-male. Fandom is supernatural. Relationship, Dean Winchester U. Dean Winchester, original female character. Character, Dean Winchester, Sam Winchester. Additional tags, Dean Winchester gets pegged. Pegging, friends to lovers, first time for Dean, that's different. Power dynamics, power exchange, consensual sex, strap-ons, taking care of Dean Winchester, Dean Winchester has feelings. Summary. Dean's admired your hunting skills and prowess for years. You have a relationship with the eldest Winchester built on mutual respect and a level playing field when it comes to handling monsters and having each other's back. When a wrong assumption he's had for years is corrected, it leads to both of you being presented with an opportunity to explore and be honest with the feelings that are hiding just under the surface. Notes Inspiration for this story I saw this on my Twitter feed one day, with the poster applying this to Dean Winchester. I'm that sub who talks shit until your dick slams me so hard it hits my factory reset and I'm like, how can I help you today, sir? So this may be a controversial topic slash scenario for some readers. Even though it's in the tags, I'm going to state it here. This is about Dean Winchester getting pegged by female reader. If that's not what you came to this fic for, please exit now. Thanks. My reason for exploring this scenario. Can I just say that Dean Winchester fanfic has opened my eyes and broken down some of my own misinformation and wariness about all things sexual? I'm grateful to the many writers who bravely put themselves in a very vulnerable place for comments and critics. There is something for everyone in this fandom. It gives those of us who are curious an opportunity to read a variety of opinions and stances, and sometimes just plain old fantasy fulfillment. Let me state, I am in the camp of fans that believes Dean Winchester is bisexual. Whether he has ever acted on this in canon, I am still on the fence about. But there are definitely many instances on the show that lean me more towards the yes. My ultimate personal preference in fix of this money variety is Dean slash female reader. This should not be a shock if you've read my other fiction. I have also enjoyed reading many Destiel fix, and there are some hot, hot, hot Dean slash male reader stories out there. I feel all of these things can coexist in the fiction universe writers create. Let me also state, a man can want to be pegged by his female partner and not be attracted to men. The act itself does not represent one's sexual orientation. It also shouldn't be used to shame one's preference for sexual exploration. And any type of sexual play, like switching up power dynamics, with a partner should be based on a level of trust, safety, and lots of communication. You do you, but make sure it's with a partner who is able to and in the proper headspace to consent. Consent is key. So this is this writer, 
exploring with Dean. He is my gateway drug to enlightenment and acceptance. If that's something you're interested in as well, keep reading. Totally understand if this isn't your thing. Chapter 1 I had it under control. Dean tosses back another shot of whiskey. You scoff, pouring him another. Sure, Winchester. That's why I had to bust in, guns blazing, to save your competent ass from a pack of werewolves. The both of you are doing that dance you always do when you land on Sam and Dean's bunker doorstep. It's the Who Hunted It Best competition. Sam tapped out early, like he always does when you two got going. He'd rather go do some research, or head back to his room and sexed with Eileen, then get drunk and listen to the chest thumping. You're sure if you were on the outside looking in, you'd probably agree with Sam. It's been hard-earned and taken years, but your reputation as a resourceful, resilient hunter is one you wear with a badge of honor. And, when you can revel in the times you've saved the legend that is Dean Winchester, well, you aren't going to pass that up. Hence, Anytime you are within a 100-mile radius of Lebanon, you end up here. Dean's always been grateful. Considers you one of only a handful he'd want to have in his corner if Sam wasn't available. But it doesn't mean he's going to cop to your skills being better honed than his anytime soon. Really, the discussion is getting so heated at the moment that you wouldn't be surprised if Dean pulled out his dick and draped it atop the kitchen table to compare lengths. Even though you don't have a dick. Well, at least not a real one. Your strap-on is tacked away in your duffel. Dean volleys another example. Oh, and who had to get pulled out of a collapsed crypt after almost being breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a ghoul? He nods with conviction, and points at you with a finger from the hand holding the tumbler, before another tilt downs the drink. All of that beautiful neck exposed, his chin pointing toward the ceiling. His throat bobs with the slow swallow. He smacks his lips and releases a satisfied, Ah, beat that. But you spot it. The little glint in his eye that reminds you, convinces you. His bravado is all for show at the end of the day. You rub your palm along your face. The well has run dry. We've rehashed every Dean in distress story I can think of. He jabs the same finger in your direction as he continues, his hand clutching the now empty glass. That's because there are so few of them. His face is relaxed. The faraway gaze and flicks of spaciness he displays has you smiling. You check the timepiece on your wrist. No, it's because we've been at it for two hours. His brow furrows. I, no, we, shit. Time flies when you're with good company. You nod. Agreed. You clink the bottle's neck along his glass and down another gulp straight from the source. He's staring at you with this. I'm not sure I should, but I'm going to say it anyway, Glance. Oh boy. That look from Dean before he opens his mouth ensures whatever comes out 
will be either memorable or mortifying. Speaking of damsels in distress, were we? Are you admitting that you are, in fact, a damsel? You quirk a brow up with mischievous intentions. He shakes his head and frowns. Please. He raises a hand. You gotta give me the details on Bridger. It's been years. The statute of limitations has to have expired by now. You can feel your brows knit together now as you try to put a face to the name he's mentioned. Bridger? You question your memory again aloud. Bridger? His lids widen, eyes bulge, chin nods in encouragement. Lana Bridger? His mouth parts in excitement, jaw almost unhinges as the nodding quickens. What details would I have on Lana Bridger? Oh, come on. You saved her from that vampire nest in New Orleans. You nod. Saved you, too, if memory serves right. He waves a hand in exasperation. But I wasn't the one that shared a bed with her after. She was so appreciative and kept going on and on about how she didn't know how she could ever express how thankful she was. He rolls his eyes. Are you... You think we hooked up? There's so much disappointment in his face in the blink of an eye, it's downright comical. You didn't? No. You huff. Okay. He's deep in thought. How about Crystal Thurman? No. Rebecca Creston? No. Avery Sandler? Those are all women, Dean. He shrugs. Duh. You lean back atop the stool. It finally makes sense. The reason why the notorious flirt that is Dean Winchester hasn't ever full-on hit on you. In the almost 20 years you've known each other, he has never once made a wholehearted attempt to get into your leather pants. Not that I have a problem with it, but I'm not into the ladies. You can see his brain go completely blank for a few seconds. His eyelids blink and complete the reboot. You... you aren't? Why would you think that? You are thoroughly amused now and extremely interested in hearing the thought process that came to this conclusion. You take another swig from the bottle and decide to be generous and pour him another. He isn't even aware of the drink in front of him. I... I don't know. I've never gotten wind of you with any of the male hunters in our circle. That just means I'm picky. And I was taught not to shit where you sleep. The men I've had relations or relationships with are never tied to the business. You stare at him. That's why you thought I was into chicks? Because you couldn't find a chauvinistic pig that said he banged me? His face is turning all the shades of red on the color wheel. Well, no, that's not the only reason. You beckon with a come-hither gesture using both hands. Spill. He sighs. His gaze darts around the room. I... I may have one night. While we shared a hotel room? 
accidentally thought your duffel was mine and started to unpack it while you were out grabbing dinner. And he brings the liquor to his lips and mumbles, I found your strap on. He drinks quick and taps the glass back onto the surface. You mimic his tap with the bottle and vocally process the information. So, wait. Even his neck is flushing while he listens to the stop and start of your words. If a woman owns a strap-on, she can only be using it on other women? You tilt your head and raise an eyebrow. Dean. Really? You've never had a woman? He scoffs. What? Hell no. He grabs the bottle and pours one for himself this time. Another swallow. Far be it for you to be the one to point out that his continued drinking is only making him more talkative. I mean, women have gotten a little curious back there, but... He clicks his mouth shut at your grin. Then, a beat later, how'd you get into it? Pete, you can only imagine how wistful the smile on your face is, reminded of the tall and lean yoga instructor. He was a call-up at 3 a.m. when I was in the neighborhood, buddy, for years. We'd get into all sorts of stuff. You know how it can be after a hunt. The release you need, all the different ways you try to get it. He nods, chin resting atop a palm propped up by an elbow on the tabletop. His eyes stare with interest. He was the one that suggested it. I wasn't sure at first. But when I was ready to give it a try, well, he was a great teacher. He let me learn all over him. That statement has Dean clear his throat. So what, you only like submissive guys? His arms are folded now, pushed closer toward the middle of the table. He's leaning in. No, that would be pretty limiting. And if you think that's what pegging's all about, you have a lot to learn. A soft chuckle emits at the blush reddening the apples of Dean Winchester's cheeks. You attempt to reel in your amusement. Besides, sex is whatever you want it to be, when you have a partner you can be open and honest with. Communication is key, just like consent. I enjoy sex all kinds of ways. Using a strap-on, well, that's just one little aspect. Dean huffs. His eyes go wide. It wasn't little. How far back was this accidental sex toy finding? I don't know, like five years ago, maybe? What color was it? He sighs. Purple. Oh, yeah. That was Big Bertha. She was one of my favorites. Sad day when she went into retirement. Dean's mouth hangs open. You laugh. You gotta work up to something like Bertha. I haven't had anyone regular enough in my rotation to even broach the topic of Bertha. I have smaller ones I bring on the road with me. Just in case, huh? I'm always prepared for anything, Winchester. You should know that by now. You yawn and stretch. Well, this has been quite the stroll down memory lane. A stand has you leaning over Dean and you tap his shoulder. I'm going to hit the showers and then turn in.
night. You offer Dean a sharp salute before disappearing around the corner. It's not much farther down the hall before you're met with a tired Sam trudging his way to the kitchen in bare feet. Oh, wow. You two are still at it? He frowns, hair must and lids heavy. Both hands raise. I've tapped out. Shower and sleep for me. The very real possibility that Dean will share what he's found out about you tingles your senses. But Sam's respectful and hardly the gossip spreader. So you smile and squeeze his biceps. Avoid getting sucked into the drunk teen drain. His lips quirk up. You always could drink him under the table. I don't know why he keeps trying to best you. Dean's staring at the kitchen wall after you've left. He doesn't know for how long. All he's thinking about, or trying to anyway, things went static and fuzzy a half hour ago with all the liquor, is you. How could he, Dean Winchester, have been so off about you? You'd been a pain in the ass when he first met you on that New Orleans hunt. But you'd proved your worth and then some, swooping in and saving him and Lana Bridger from the vamps. When he closes his eyes now, he can see you practically flying off the rafters, swinging from a length of cable. You even did one of those superhero, down-on-bended-knee moves when you touched the ground, right in front of his rope-bound frame. You even had the balls to wink at him before standing to face the vamps that swarmed and circled. Dean Winchester wasn't sure what a swoon felt like, but he was pretty sure he'd come damn close to swooning at that wink even with his life on the line. Your machete sliced into undead flesh, ancient tendons, countless vertebrae to dislodge vamp heads from their necks. Groans and cries and grunts filled Dean's ears. Blood splattered and soared through the air with the beauty of an abstract artist tossing crimson atop a canvas. Minutes later, bodies everywhere, he watched you free a chained-up Lana on the other side of the room. You sauntered over to his frame next. The sheathed machete rested in the holster strap to your leather-clad thigh. You were bloody, out of breath, eyes wide with adrenaline, chest heaving. You were beautiful. Is this how all our hunts together are going to end up, Winchester? Me saving your ass? He'd fallen in love with you right then. He would have followed you anywhere, but he wasn't about to try and bed you after you'd been the one to save him, not when he hadn't proved his worth, and especially when you weren't tossing any obvious signals you were interested. The three of you celebrated and traded stories late into the night, in the back room of the bar Lana co-owned with a local witch that practiced white magic. You were particularly friendly and touchy-feely with Lana, the buxom blonde. Even now, it seemed like a logical conclusion that you were into the ladies when you took Lana up on crashing in her shoebox of a studio apartment above the bar with only a twin bed. He was pretty sure a place to rest your head wasn't the only way you would be thanked. But he was also pretty sure he could have shown you so much more appreciation. Christ, 20 years of misguided assumptions. A figure in the doorway pulls his attention. 
the hope and thrill that it's you, returning with an offer to teach him some things, fizzles when it's just his giant of a brother. Sam squints in that telltale look of disgust. Dean identifies that easily, no matter how drunk he is. Dude. Sam shakes his head. Go wash some of that stench off you and get to bed. He saunters over to the fridge. Dean grunts and rubs an eyelid. Why would I do that when I've got you to keep me company? He works up the effort for the cheesiest grin in Sam's direction. Besides, showers are occupied at the moment. Sam downs half the contents of a water bottle in two gulps. He shrugs. Like you two have never shared a shower before? The silence is deafening. Dean can't muster any sort of response. It's Sam's little, oh, that bangs the final nail into Dean's Malik box. Dean slumps forward. Forehead knocks onto the table. It should hurt more, but everything he should be feeling is dull, distant. Wait. Sam slid into the seat across from him now. Dean groans. You're telling me you've never? With her? Ever? Dean can't bear it. Even without looking, he can see the amazement and then the smug little smirk on Sam's face. It sears into his brain. I always assumed you two got up to all sorts of stuff when she'd stay over. Well, that's the problem with assuming. Makes an ass out of you and me. Huh. Well, I hold her in even greater esteem. Shut it, Sammy. He lifts a finger and points to the back of his head, still resting against the tabletop. Can't you see I'm in pain? Yeah, man, I feel for you. Being shot down for, what, decades? Can do a lot to your mental faculties. It explains so much. Dean growls and knocks a boot into Sam's bare ankle. Can it? Sam releases a hiss. He sits up now and makes a concerted effort to eye Sam with force. Lids pop open as wide as he can get them. I never got shot down. He sighs, thinking of all the times he'd wanted you, wanted to take a stab, and ask if you maybe wanted to try some stuff out with him. He legit wants to cry. He's kind of glad he's wasted because he can't feel enough to produce tears. Sam's eye-bulging ability easily beats Dean's. Are you telling me you never tried? Dean corkscrews his mouth and shakes his head. Why not? She's the hottest thing in combat boots and leather pants I've ever seen. Dean watches his little brother immediately self-correct his objectification. I mean, yeah, she's one of the finest hunters around. But a fact like that has never stopped you from an attempt to get laid. Dean looks past Sam's shoulder to the kitchen doorway. In case you've decided to snoop, he lowers his voice. I thought she wasn't into dudes. Sam scoffs and raises both hands. Again, never stopped you before. Hmm. Dean ponders. Yeah, you're right. Sam shrugs. 
There's one plausible theory. Dean waits. You respect her enough that you cock-blocked your own douchey ass from fucking up the situation. Dean chuckles. I think her cock did some of the blocking. But, yeah, you may be right. Dean, have you reached the hallucination stage? Sam stands and heads to leave. Go to bed. An arm waves in his defense. No, Sam. One of the reasons I thought she was into chicks was because I... Sam's brows raise, frozen in place for the sentence to continue. Dean shakes his head. Never mind. Night, Dean. You're normally asleep as soon as your head hits the pillow in the bunker bedroom you've laid claim as your own. Sweet 16, as Dean likes to call it, is close to his and dead ends in the same hallway. This room is the one place you always feel safe. It has to do with the Winchester brothers more than the warded fortress. But tonight, you're restless. Your mind races with thoughts of the stupidest kind. Dean hadn't hit on you. Not once. In twenty years. But not because he didn't want to. Because he didn't think you'd want him to. You replayed the slight shift in his expression when he'd figured out how wrong he'd been. About you. Yep. He was interested. Why the hell hadn't you gone with your gut when the opportunity presented itself so many times over the years? Been bold and brazen with the beautiful hunter, as you were with everything else. Because, in reality, all of that brashness veiled that obvious fact that you'd never measure up to the perfection of Dean Winchester. Sure, he was a pain in the ass and ran hard headfirst into danger without a second thought. But that was usually because his first thought was to save people and to ask questions later. And, let's face it, you kind of didn't think you were on the same level as an archangel-coveted vessel with a chiseled jawline and a heart of gold. Then again, you only live once, right? Well, if you weren't a Winchester, that is. Why not take the man for a spin, since he's expressing what you're pretty sure is interest? Well, the main reason not to is to avoid screwing up the friendship you've built with him. It's not like he'd want something long-term with you, anyway. And could you manage a one-and-done with him? Maybe? Maybe if you both laid your cards out on the table and were completely open and honest? Maybe you would, the next time your path crossed with Dean's out in the wild, or you made your way to Lebanon. But you weren't sure you could face him in the morning. No. It would probably be best to sneak out in a few hours before the sun came up. Send the boys a thank you text for the good night's sleep and remind them to give you a buzz if they ever found themselves needing backup. You flopped on your back, a deep sigh released from your lungs. Your phone lit up with a notification. Dean. Dean was texting. It had been a good three hours since you'd left him in the kitchen. You swiped at the screen. When you wake up, let me take you out for our proper hangover breakfast. Just the two of us. You gulp. Oh, hell no. You definitely aren't ready for whatever a 
just the two of us sit down in tails. And the fact that he's texting you this late means he can't sleep either. Nope, you'll most definitely be skipping out before the sun comes up. The more you ponder, the more you realize it's probably best to tiptoe your way out of the bunker now. You won't sleep. At least not here. The tile and marble hallway echo back every shuffle and step you attempt to make when leaving your bedroom ten minutes later. When you were sure Dean wouldn't bother you with any more texts, you hoped that meant he had dozed off. You knew his nighttime routine pretty well at this point. Normally, after your catch-ups and your good night from the doorway of his room, he'd tumble onto his made bed, plug in earmuff headphones, and fall asleep to classic rock. There were a few times you'd watch him pop the mixtape that you'd made him years ago into his ancient boombox. That always made you smile. You prayed he was doing that now. Held breath, you picked up your heels and tiptoed in socked feet past Dean's door. Number 11. If you hold on a few seconds longer and make absolutely no sound, you might. Where are you off to? The question, from behind, has you frozen in place. What the hell kind of ninja skills does this man have, opening up his door without a pip or squeak? The fact he can sneak up on you always pisses you off. The thought of breakfast with me is a terrifying proposition. I get it. He huffs a laugh. You sigh and turn to face him. And man, that was a mistake. He's showered like within the last 20 minutes, because his hair is damp and spiky. He's wearing a Henley and some baggy sweats. You're staring up at him more than usual without your three-inch boot heels. He's gorgeous from any vantage. Can we talk? Before you leave? He shrugs, clearing the way to enter his room. You nod, pass the threshold, drop your duffel by the little corner table, and slink into the chair next to it. Dean's clicked the door closed and sits on the edge of the bed. He's leaning forward, elbows on knees, wringing his hands. You take a stab at the silence first. You recovered pretty quick. He nods and meets your eyes. Yeah, tossed up most of the alcohol and dinner. Showered. Almost good as new. So, what's up? I'm cashing in that IOU. You scoff. The poker game from 2015? Yeah, the one where I saved your ass by spotting you my five grand of winnings so you could clear your debt to that mob boss from Hell's Kitchen? You grunt in confirmation. Well, I don't exactly have that amount on me at the moment, Dean. Why the hell was he bringing all this up now? I'll need time to get it to you. He's still wringing his hands. We'll never speak of it again. Wipe the slate clean. He breaks the grip to wave a hand in front of his face. If you'll do me a favor. You frown. What? His gaze studies the floor. Would you be willing to... I mean, you can say no. I totally get that it's a weird... Out of left field. The sigh is long and drawn out from your mouth. Spill it, Winchester. I want to know what it's like. 
he whispers. What? You spot the eye roll even from his downturned face. Getting pegged. He drags his stare up to meet yours. I want you to peg me. There's a chuckle and a smirk, even though he's blushing. Might want to pick your jaw up off the floor. I... You shake your head. Dean, there's a lot... You fumble. That's not something you decide lightly. And asking me to repay a debt with a sexual favor... I realize that. Hell, it's us. How many times have we colored outside the lines? That's not helping. He continues. Again, I'm not pressuring you into this. Forget the IOU. Christ. Foot in mouth is a condition of yours I'm familiar with. You struggle to piece all your thoughts into a coherent string. Just so I heard you correctly. You want me to peg you? He smiles. Do you not have all your accessories with you? You're always prepared. Your eyes almost pop out of their sockets. You want to do it now? No time like the present. The posture straightens and manages confidence in stark contrast to his bumbling moments ago. It's your turn to lean forward, hands ringing. What happened? You do a bunch of internet research since I left you in the kitchen? A brow raises. I did research the night I found Bertha in your bag. You swallow. Hard. Then, suddenly, a look of utter rejection sweeps over his pretty face. Look, I get that I'm not your type. He mumbles. Don't stand a chance even if you're into dudes. Don't put words in my mouth. You snip back. This is a big deal, Dean. Not so big of a deal if you'll do it with a random hookup. His voice raises with a hint of an accusatory tone. Yours raises back and you blurt before thinking, well, it's a big deal when you do it with someone you care about. That unfurls any shreds of anger he was trying to stitch together. You see it fade. He softens. That's why I want to try it with you. I care about you. I trust you. You nod. We can try it. His smile connects from ear to ear. But not tonight. Aw, come on. He's whining. It's downright adorable. You try not to laugh. Did any of that research have you actually try anything with your own back door? He stifles another whine, then softly admits, No. Thought so. You bend down, unzip your bag, and zero in on your toiletry kit that contains no toiletries whatsoever. You fling him the bottle of anal lube. Lesson one. Start with your pinky and use a lot of lube. Read up on beginner anal play. I'll check in with you in a few weeks. See how you're doing. His mouth moves, neck and face flushed and blushed, as he squints and reads the directions on the back of the bottle. Trust me. You're going to need to figure some things out on your own first. If you still want to give it a try, then we'll talk. Can I message you? If I have questions? 
you're pulling on the boots you'd stashed in your bag. Sure. I mean, it's not like I'm an encyclopedia rim job. You run your fingers through your bangs as you sit back up. He cackles. The study of his face has him turn silent. Are you sure you want me to be the one to teach you all this? He nods. You can feel your face warming. One thing I've learned is to get over your hang-ups and read, get some various perspectives. And porn videos shouldn't be your only source of research. I guarantee it will be a lot easier if you have a better idea of what you're in for. Don't confuse reality with porn again. Got it. He rubs a palm over the scruff on his chin. Why don't you head back to your room? I promise, no more talk about this for the rest of your stay. You eye him with suspicion. He smiles. I mean it. We will not speak of it. I've got the Winchester word on that. He crosses his heart. That cute little gesture he does on occasion when it's only the two of you. Hope to die. That little phrase, which you always follow up with, again, that smirk. Get some sleep. It's been months with nary a word from Dean. Things happen. Hunting takes priority. People need saving. It's not the first time the both of you have gone radio silent. You aren't the best at nurturing and cultivating friendships. Neither is Dean. But the unintentional avoidance and obsession with work don't ever seem to matter where he's concerned. You can always pick things up right where they were left off after a drought of interaction, whenever you happen to cross paths again. It's never been awkward in the past. So... Why does the prospect of seeing him at Wallace's place tonight make sweat beat up on your forehead? Make your mouth go dry and tacky? Because the last time you saw him, at the bunker, he'd made it known he would be interested in, well, you pile-driving him. And it hadn't been discussed since. It had only left you with more questions you were dying to ask him but were too embarrassed to attempt. The morning after that talk, you were so on edge at breakfast in the bunker kitchen, Sam kept asking if you were all right. Dean smirked his way through a pound of bacon as you tried to brush off Sam's worries. Now, your truck key tucked away into your pocket, you strolled up the long walk to Wallace's front door. You passed a half-dozen familiar cars of fellow hunters. You bit the inside of your mouth, spotting the Impala. Shit. It shouldn't have been a surprise. If he and Sam had been within a day's drive of the all-hands-on-deck backup hunter call, of course they'd be there. Wallace had greeted you with a polite tip of his trucker cap and a firm handshake. He kept the pleasantries to a minimum, as usual, escorting you into the small kitchen where everyone was congregating over beers and buckets of chicken. You counted six hunters, not including you and Wallace. Sam was one, sat at the table, giving you a soft smile in welcome. You gave everyone a small wave and nodded in recognition. Well, I'm feeling a hell of a lot more confident about kicking a ton of werewolf ass, now that this one's along for the hunt. 
Dean tips his beer in your direction, leaning against the kitchen counter with a sassy grin. You smile. Camped out in Baby by the bridge entrance, you and Dean sipped on whiskey-spiked coffee, waiting for the full moon to rise. This was the pinch point in your group's ambush strategy. If the bomb Sylvester rigged with silver shrapnel didn't take out the entire pack, you and Dean would get some target practice, firing rounds of silver into the werewolves that tried to escape on the only road leading off the farmland sounded fun to the two of you. Dean razzes Sam on the other end of the phone. I hope you and Inspector Gadget didn't fuck up the detonator. You can picture Sam's bitch face even if you can't fully make out his muffled reply. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you did, we'll clean up the mess. Just give us a heads up if it goes sideways. He clears his throat. Be careful. A tap ends the call. You decide not to give Dean a hard time about the show of concern. The conversations have been almost normal since you rode to this spot along the creek. But you're both dancing around the topic, the topic, or trying to avoid it at all costs. You don't want to push, stifle the idea to mention it jokingly. What if he changed his mind? What if he really did his research and decided it wasn't for him? What if he had an awful self-experimenting experience? And all the circle of thoughts does is make your stomach knot. Because no matter how much you talked yourself into the idea of providing Dean Winchester with a sexual favor, for the fun of it, well, the more you wished it might lead to something else. Maybe. You ended up hoping over the numerous weeks he was using this request as an opportunity to get closer. But as the sun began to set, and he asked about your most recent hunt, you resigned yourself to the fact that for a brief moment, you had been merely a novelty for Dean Winchester. The Friendly Neighborhood Strap-On The whiskey sears along the crosshatch of claw marks between your shoulder blades. You hiss. You hunch forward, sat atop the toilet of your motel room. It's a fancier place than you usually stay at. The first one you rolled past entering town had a no-vacancy sign. You really don't want to get blood on the sheets. You don't want to get blood on the sheets in this place. Dean voices your thoughts aloud. He's tending to the battle scars you encountered when the lone werewolf snuck up on the both of you, in baby. The beast pulled you by the ponytail out of the open passenger window. You're still shocked your head managed to stay connected to your body. Dean had come to your aid in seconds catapulting out the same window and knocking the werewolf off you. Dazed, you watched as a fury of fur and leather tumbled away, tangled together. Dean got the upper hand, straddled the attacker, and shot its face full of silver. Now you were half-naked in a bra and leather pants, feeling the woozy effect of painkillers. You'd popped four of them to help deaden the pulsing pain from your skull and you let Dean Winchester pour whiskey on your skin to disinfect the wound and see if you need stitches. His fingers glide along with the slick of the liquor down your spine. Ah, uh, you just need bandaging up. Should be good. 
there's the rip of sterile packaging. He towers behind you. You bite back the groan that wants to leave your mouth, more because of his touch than any pain you're feeling. You murmur, Thanks for the diagnosis, Dr. Sexy. He chuckles. Let's get you patched up so you can rest. Dean shovels bacon into his welcoming plow of a mouth in the diner booth. It's noon. You'd awoken from the medication-induced stupor about an hour prior. He'd stayed, watched over you from the tiny two-seater in the corner of the room while you slept. You both are waiting for Sam to deliver your truck so all can go their separate ways and see what other trouble one can find. There'd been a ton of things to take care of after the successful bombing. Sam had stayed behind with the other hunters. Apparently, also crashed on a couch. That couch being at Wallace's. Dean rubbed in the fact to Sam there was no way it was as comfy as the one in your motel. Dean wrapped up the call to his brother right before his plate of pancakes and pig arrived. You spot the tip of his boot out from under the edge of the table tapping to Renegade by Styx. It's the third song in his selection from the jukebox. The throbs in your skull are pulsing along to the beat as well. The pain is fainter, duller. Your eyes have adjusted to the fluorescent lighting of this joint. The lukewarm oatmeal settles in your stomach. You think you'll be able to keep that and the black coffee down. Dean's been studying you while he munches. You catch his stare. I know you got a hard head and all. Why don't you come back to the bunker and rest up another day or two? Air blows out your lips. You're right. This head has gotten knocked around way worse. I'll manage. His fork clatters onto the plate. His foot stops tapping. Maybe. His words are tight and tempered as he looks at you. Maybe stop trying to manage. His face, that beautiful face, it's full of concern and warmth, a contrast to the tone of his voice. You have no response. He breathes in deep through his nose, continues, Before we all go off half-cocked and smash some other monsters to bits, maybe we need a factory reset. Take some time and enjoy things. You know, the stuff we want the people we save to do with their lives. You offer a small smile. Did you almost get your head twisted off like a bottle cap too? He chuckles. Shrugs. Maybe it got twisted on right. I've missed you. Your heart races. I've missed you too. You try and state it as plain and neutral as possible. Dean leans in. His eyes do a sweep of the patrons and staff, making sure they're all occupied with their own business. When he's satisfied they are, he connects his gaze with yours. I'm sorry. He mumbles. You open your mouth to ask what for. But he's already spilling. I was a jerk to ask you for that favor last time. I made things weird and uncomfortable. I know I made you feel cornered, like you couldn't say no. We're friends, 
I shouldn't have tried to take advantage of that for my own selfish reasons. He slips back, eyes on the bacon, his frame somehow smaller, utterly defeated. Dean Winchester looks miserable with himself. Hey, friends are allowed to be jerks, especially the ones that save your life on a semi-regular basis. You swallow the lump in your throat. You didn't make things weird between us. I just never thought you'd be interested in trying that. To say I was surprised would be an understatement. You poke at his wrist with a finger. You are allowed to be selfish every once in a while. That curls up lips on one side of his face. He's twirling a piece of bacon between greasy fingers, looking down at his plate. Does that mean I can provide you with an update? Update? The question doesn't even leave your mouth completely before you already know what he's referring to. I, uh, yeah, it's definitely been a process. Took me a week to get the nerve to. The bacon is used as a visual aid as he slides it back and forth in the air. You know what finally helped me relax? You giggle. Please don't tell me you bought numbing gel. That should not be used by a novice. He's blushing. Damn, this bold hunter can make you want to cuddle the life out of him. No. For some godforsaken reason that has nothing to do with your own feelings and self-preservation, you calm yourself, get still and serious, and let the armor drop completely. What helped you relax? His green eyes glance up. They're a mix of tart and sweet, liquid and fire. They manage to freeze you in place, thinking of you. He licks his top lip, thinking of you taking care of me, you being the one doing that to me. He sees something on your face, something he likes, because he smirks. You being in charge, having me pushing all the right buttons. I made great progress because of you. You realize your lips are parted, listening to his confession. You snap them shut. And yet, the tingling throughout your body presses you to ask. The hot-as-fuck fact that Dean Winchester used fantasies about you to do that makes the need to know just how far he got imperative. How much progress? Hey! Sam's tall, muscular body springs out of nowhere in front of the booth. You're both caught, mouths open for a split second. Then, there's throat clearing. Dean acknowledges first. Hey. How's the badass patient? Sam smiles and bends down a bit to inspect you. Better. You smile. Dean slips off the bench and stands next to his brother. She's going to camp out with us for a couple of days. Think you can handle driving her back in the truck? You don't even make a fuss. Let Dean lead. Take care of you. Sure. I get to hog her attention for a while. Sam raises a brow at you. You've had your fill of him already? The question pulls a nervous laugh from Dean. He delivers a slap to his brother's back, slamming him forward a few inches. I'm going to go pay. You chat with Sam for a minute. He helps you to your feet. 
you let him fumble about behind, hands at the ready to assist. It's nice, being taken care of by these brothers. You're in the passenger seat of your truck. Sam starts the engine. Then, Dean strolls out of the diner and finds his way to your open window. Forearms lean. He dips his head in to bark some stuff at Sam. Sam scoffs. His coffee syrup bacon breath is the sexiest thing you've smelled in forever. You're inches from those lips, and you really want to slide your tongue along the fullness of them. You think Dean Winchester can read your mind, because he licks them absentmindedly for you. I'll be right back. Should grab us a couple of coffees for the drive. Sam's out of the truck in a flash, engine idling. Dean taps the inside of the door panel. See you in a few hours. Sleep, if you can. Even with Sam driving. You smile. Dazed. Delighted. Oh. His facial expression turns serious. As for the progress. Your entire body reacts and your spine straightens. Where I started. He's still leaning with forearms but raises a hand and lifts his pinky finger. A proud smile breaks through the facade. His hand position switches to intertwine straightened index, middle, and ring fingers. How it's going. You hear the thud of your jaw hitting the truck floorboard. He's back in your personal space. So close. To murmur. All because of you, sweetheart.